You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. You've now tuned in to the Drawing Board Podcast, a powerful, thought-provoking discussion where we talk about family, relationships, ministry, community, and career. Let's see what exciting guests we have on our show today. All right, again, Podcast Detroit, Facebook, Instagram, wherever you are listening to this message. My name is Andre Ebron. This is the Drawing Board Podcast, where we talk about family, relationships, ministry, community, and career. And some of you may not know, but the Drawing Board Podcast is a powerful, thought-provoking show that challenges the listener to examine their life and to reimagine the possibilities. Now, tonight, my guest, my friend from way back, I'm way talking back. about, we were just talking about this. Uh, I have, we have known each other since like my children were like four and five, mm-hmm. and now they're 11 and 13. Mm-hmm. Man, man. You know what that means, right? W- what does that mean? They're getting older. Yeah, <laughs> not us. Yeah, right. yeah, they're getting older. <laughs> and uh, so I'd like to introduce you all, introduce to you all Pastor Sonny Smith of Detroit Church. Yo, Welcome to the show, my brother. My brother. Honor to be here, man. Well, man, I'm glad to have you here. So some of you all may know Pastor Sonny as a great leader, so eloquent in his language, bringing the word of God. Some of you may know him as an entrepreneur of Smith Anderson Group, designing all these awesome graphics. And we still got to get together on that to, yes, to uh, design my family crest. Oh, let's get it. I mean, let's, let's get, get it. it. T- I got let's... some dope ideas, okay, all right? Okay, okay. And I want that to be in my legacy. So no I, doubt, yeah, no doubt. It, it matters to me. I want to segue and pause right here. It mm. matters to me who designs mm. uh, what has to live on. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. the when someone is designing something, mm-hmm. there are portions of their creativity mm. and themselves and their faith and their standpoint mm-hmm. that goes into the mm-hmm. images that you have. Come on. So that's a whole whole, no, man, whole you, other message. You already went there. You already started. So, oh. so listen. So, man, listen. I, I was thinking about this, and I'll pitch this to you before we go. Mm-hmm. I was driving, and I was coming from the west side of Detroit. Mm-hmm. Uh, then I went all the way east, and then I came to Royal Oak. Mm. And here's the thought that I had. I want to pitch this to you. I said, sometimes creativity lives in some of the most unwelcoming places. Mm. <laughs> mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I thought about that from the standpoint of uh, two two places. Yeah. I thought about, like, of course, geographically, you know, mm-hmm. where some of the most creativity lies mm-hmm. and how uh, then I thought biblically how God can give you beauty for ashes, mm-hmm. the oil of joy for mourning. God mm-hmm. praise Come on spirit. now. So, like, all of that, right? Yeah, man. And then I thought about like what creativity lies on the other side of someone's pain. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So of course, yeah. uh, I, when I'm talking to you, I know if I mention scripture, I better have the contextual. <laughs> yeah, because if you don't know, Pastor <laughs> Sonny will let you know. Uh, excuse me, we need no, to make sure no, no. we have the context of this particular <laughs> scripture, right? But I love it though uh, because it keeps us right. It keeps us in the right frame, so that we don't. It's not left to interpretation, mm. but that we can get the whole message of what God is trying to say to us. Were well, you in the book? You're in the book, man. The scriptures tell us that we have a God who created everything from nothing. From nothing. (laughs) So you ever feel like your life is like nothing? Right. You're in a perfect position for God to create something anew or watch this or make all things new. Make all things new. Make all things new. He created man from the dust of the earth. From nothing. Dude. And then blew his breath. Come on. Come on. 
the the ruach. I yes. tried to listen. listen. <laughs> I, I was around someone who speaks Hebrew, right? Oh yeah. And so I man, I thought I was being real deep. I was like, and the ruach. Uh, they said no. rock. rock. And I said, uh, you got to get that. Yeah. And I said, hold on, do it again. Rock. Yeah. And they were like, I said, listen, I'm not. Gonna get it. <laughs> you know what I mean, yeah, right? And I said, well, I do know that he became a nefesh. You know, mm. a living soul. Yeah. And then the suitcase. I said, the oh, suitcase. yeah, yes, the sir. suitcase. Yes, sir. So man became a life speaking spirit. Yeah. And so with Detroit yeah, Church, yeah. man, I'm thinking, and I see the Spirit of God just operating, my brother. Mm. And what I love about the Spirit of God through mm. you is that it's speaking through all of the works that I'm seeing. Mm-hmm. It's speaking through the lives that I see you touching. Mm. And what ministers to me mainly for mm. is I see that because you said before God can do something through you, mm-hmm. he must do it what? Mm-hmm. In you. Yeah. And so, man, when I see you, the man, Sonny, like, mm. give me your journey. Like, <laughs> What brought you to this point of being like this awesome leader? What brought you to this point of ministry? What brought mm-hmm. you to this point of entrepreneurship? Like, mm-hmm. tell me, tell me how that all started. Yeah, man. Um, so the thing that comes to mind immediately is, Lord, why me? You know, I've certainly done enough to discredit anything that God would ever want to do with me and how He'd want to use me. So it's, uh, man, it's crazy to hear you say those words. Um, so I'll just give some natural stuff. Um, I'm blessed to be born into a family where my mom and dad loved each other and served faithfully in Detroit. Shout out to the bishop. Shout out to Apostle Ellis. <laughs> Apostle Ellis, I'm Smith, sorry. My pops, yes. uh, my mom, Maria. Um, so they, yeah, man, they uh, moved us to the east side, 1980, 81. Okay. And, and started a church. Yeah. And I eventually became pastor of that church in 2009. Yes. So that, you know, there's a lot of time in between there of me watching, learning from Pops. Pops would go to church early on Sunday mornings, like super early. Everybody in the house is asleep. He gets up to go downstairs to go to church to get his study time in and start setting up. And I'm waiting by the front door already dressed. Oh, wow. And he likes to tell this story a lot now, right? Right. But it always, I'm reminded that it wasn't just that I loved church. Right? right, I wanted to be with my dad, and because he was a man that was uh, had a lot of people pulling on him, and including my siblings, I wanted time alone with him. Yeah. So if I needed, to, if I wanted to be with dad alone, I would have to get up early, and I would have to kind of beat everybody to the punch, right, and to catch him as he was going. And uh, that time was really special for me. And I just begin to see the discipline in his life and the, you know, the, uh, you know, how he was committed to what God had called him to do in a part of the city where we had begun to see people move away from, not move into. Right. And uh, so this is the far east side of Detroit. So, well, I'm still at. Yeah, so can I pause you? Yeah, I, yeah, I yeah, always yeah. get titles, man. I, mm-hmm. I haven't read your book yet. Uh, uh, me so, neither. Yeah, so so here's what I would love, man. Mm-hmm. I would love for you to put in writing mm-hmm. that experience. just mm-hmm. But like chronicle some of the experience, like specifically you sure. can read. Yeah, and I yeah. want you to call it Along With My Father. Mm, mm, and mm. then... Man. And watch this. And then liken it to how we have to rise early yeah. to seek the Lord. Watch yeah. this. To be alone. Come on. With my father. <laughs> you might have to write that. Hey, no, listen, man. No, that's good, brother. But that's good. Yeah. Because yeah. Uh, it's, so, it's, it's that discipline. Yeah. It's, uh, I, I say a lot of times that relationship with God is initially about us satisfi- satisfying some need that we have. Mm, mm-hmm. And then when we become committed to mm-hmm. him, he's able to meet the needs of others mm-hmm. because in him we are full. Mm-hmm. Or in him we go. I hit it. In him mm-hmm. we live. Mm-hmm. We move. Mm-hmm. But initially— 
it is out of our need, yeah. A, for salvation, mm-hmm. B, for healing, mm-hmm. deliverance, all of those things mm-hmm. that cause us to seek him. Yeah. But once it is we locate him and start cultivating that fellowship, yeah, man. then his need to seek and save others mm-hmm. can be met through us. Yeah. So I want you to yeah, write that. Yeah, yeah. I, want, I need you to write that. Okay, you might have to remind me of yeah. that. Oh, is no, this I'm being recorded? Okay, It's bet. being recorded. Right. So alone <laughs> with my father. Yeah, man. Bro, you said it. So you use the word fellowship. Like that was that's really the story of it. That's I think what God has ultimately been after with us as a people. Yeah. That's what we see the Godhead, the Father and the Son and the Spirit in perpetual communion and fellowship with one another. Yes, sir. There's no striving, there's no competition. We're made in the image of God. We're made in we're invited into that community. And um and that's marriage. That's family. Bro, I remember and as you were talking I went back from it. I remember getting in trouble. I don't remember what I did, but I remember my dad sending me to my room. Okay. Right, so I was being disciplined. Right, and uh, it was this is so crazy. I remember sitting on the floor in a corner in my room, and I had such a love for my dad, bro. I remember. I mean, I'm like ten years old. Yeah, and I remember thinking. I just want to have boys one day that love me as much as I love my dad. And God answered that, didn't he? <laughs> I got four. Yes, yes sir. sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Absolutely. He's faithful, man. And um, you know, you asked me to kind of chronicle like some, just some uh, some key times with him, with my father. And I won't go into all that now. We lay, we'll save some for the book. Yeah. But I remember him having a lot of pride, and not like evil pride, but just this sense of hope and confidence in God because my dad was grew up in a fatherless home. Okay. He tells a story incredible how my grandmother was a awesome woman woman of God, raised my dad and his brothers up in the faith. And, um, you know, my dad wasn't like, he wasn't the typical church boy, so to speak. He grew up third generation Church of God in Christ. Okay. Right. Bishop Mason would come into town and like he'd come to the church my father grew up in, um, would stay, would would uh, communicate with my great grandmother. Right. So, right. so it was like, there was a sense of pride with you know, traditional African American Pentecostalism. He had the plug. He had the plug. Yeah, he exactly. Had the plug. Absolutely. Put. Yeah. And um and but he wasn't the churchy kind of dude. He was in the sports, right? And he 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 longed for his dad. And my dad tells a story of how his father, when he was six years old, left his mom. Mm-hmm. And he grew up like longing, still having this hope for his dad and thinking the best. And one day, um his dad promised to come pick him up. The story that so many of the fathers so have, right? Yes, sir. And, and and my grandfather never shows up. And my dad is waiting on the curb. And his other his brothers, you know, they've given up hope. They've gone to play. And hours have passed. And now it's the sun is setting. It's dark. And my father sees my granddad's car, a convertible, drive by the street, right? Oh, and there's a woman wow. in the car. And it's not his mom, not my grandmother. My dad said that hot tears begin to come down his face. Absolutely. And it wasn't this boo-hooing. But he went to bed that night that way. And he said he woke up the next morning and his father was a dead man. He didn't want him in his life. Yeah. He no longer needed him. And that went on, bro, for a good 25 years. It wasn't until my dad was in his 30s that my mom asked, like, what's up with you and your father? You know, he has a birthday. You never call him. He doesn't call you. What about Father's Day, Christmas? Nothing. Right. And uh, my dad was just like, woman, leave it alone. You know yeah. how we can be let sometimes, it, right? Let it be. Let it be. <laughs> right. And um, she caught him at another weak moment. And uh, he began to break down and cry. And in that conversation, he says he forgave his dad. And the next day, my grandfather called my dad. Hadn't called in years. He called him 
And uh, the relationship began to be healed from that point forward. My grandfather ended up giving his life to Jesus at my dad's church, came wow. and visited. Now they have a great relationship. So I've seen like God restore that, but I've seen my dad just have this confidence in the Lord that although there were broken areas of his life that he longed for, he was he was convinced that God had wired him to be a father, um, the kind of father that he never saw. So, man, listen. So that's chapter three. <laughs> Watch this. Forgiveness first. Come on. No, that was that was dope. Come on. Because before God could reintroduce yeah. that relationship, yeah. there had to be a forgiveness there. Yeah. yeah. And here's the here's the the thing that we as bros mm-hmm. or as men that we may not communicate, mm-hmm. even when we talk about being alone with our father, mm-hmm. in our minds for uh, for some of those such as me, mm-hmm. who may have not grown up with my father, yeah. there were times when I was alone yeah. and the only I, only thing that I was with was the ideas mm. of my father. Wow. And so, That's deep. Yeah. So now it's like I'm still alone yeah. with my father, yeah. but it's that yearning. Yeah. It's that, and let me tell you, yeah. I had that same story. Oh, man, mm. hey, you can shut that door. Mm-hmm. And the only reason you mm-hmm. shut it because it hurts so bad. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And to see now mm-hmm. how generationally, yes. how that impacted you. Yes. So now because he forgave, mm-hmm. God was able to reconcile yes. and restore. Yes. And I and I would just dare to say, because I've seen it personally in my own life, mm-hmm. I am, a, I, what was that? Uh, about two years ago when I got re, reintroduced to my dad and went mm-hmm. out there and kicked it. I'm a better father, watch this, to my son mm. after being able to heal. After. Yeah. Wow. After being able to heal that father oh, yeah. wound that was in my heart. <sighs> Man. It's so important, man. You see how your book is ministering to me already? You're <laughs> <laughs> just going to speak it for I, yeah, I just have to. I, I feel that so strongly because I know, uh, and we can go into you being a father, man, because yeah. I've seen you with your boys. And, man, just the, uh, and I don't say this from the point of being woke or all, any of those things, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, but when I see you walking with your young kings, mm-hmm. like they are young kings because, and not from the world sense, but because God has made us kings and priests. Yes, sir. And so yeah. we're able to go into the marketplace and do yeah. business yeah. and be able to, because the king declares a thing mm-hmm. and decrees mm-hmm. a thing mm-hmm. and the priest speaks blessings. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so when I see you with your boys, man, your young mm. men, I'm like, I see what you've invested in. Yeah. Them. I see the respect and the honor and the dignity that they, that they have for you. Yeah. So man, yeah, yeah let's, man. let's talk about that. Cause you say you have yeah. a sophomore in college. Mm-hmm. You have a freshman in college, mm-hmm. a senior in high school. Wait a minute, drum roll. Yes, sir. And a fifth grader. And a fifth grader. Right. My young Judah. Yes, sir. Ten years old. Yeah, okay. man. Um, God is so faithful, man. Yeah, if I can, hold on. Mm-hmm. Got to give a shout out to Sharita. Uh, you're thirty-one thirty. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And that comes from what? Proverbs thirty-one thirty. Proverbs thirty-one thirty. Yeah, Who man. can find a virtuous Come woman for her price is far above rubies? Mm-hmm. All right, and it goes on mm-hmm. and on. Mm-hmm. If you're not a thirty-one, you, you thirty-one thirty, you can be a thirty-one thirty. <laughs> All you got to do is read it. <laughs> All right. <laughs> hey, listen, we got people out here looking for wives, nah, not girlfriends. Hey, yeah, Please man. believe it. Hashtag yeah. all things new. All right. No. <laughs> That's the story of my life, man. I was talking with the uh, staff today in the staff meeting, and I'm just in our devotion period, just really struck by um, the favor of God. Yeah. You know, it's it's God's grace, man. It's um something I could never have earned in the wife that God has given me, bro. So 
just to connect with the sons yes. and uh, the responsibility to raise godly sons. Yes. And uh, what we we're talking about with my father, um, I believe that the foundation, the revelation of the father is the foundation of the son. The oh, revelation wow. of the father is the foundation of the son. Somebody put that in the, in the comments right now. The revelation <laughs> of the father is the foundation, the of, foundation the son. of the son. Expound. So, so fatherlessness, man, it's not just a mishap. It's not just an unfortunate event. It's an epidemic in our day and time. Yes. Um, and when we look at the scriptures, it is the story of the gospel. It really, really is. Um, right. We look at our city, man, and we see the impact of fatherlessness. The word father means source. Right? Yes. Like you can't outsource being a father. You cannot you do cannot it. You cannot do it. God as the ultimate father, man, um, wants to be that for us. So even when there is natural, the natural biological removal of the father, when you're biological, you know, uh, dad is not in place. Like, that's not the end of your story. And I've seen that in my own family with my dad. But because there was healing there, yes. right? because God used him in spite of that, that brokenness in his life, um, there was a foundation that was set for me. Right. With the revelation that my dad experienced, you know, so I'm excited about what God is going to do in the next generation in my family and in our city, man. This is, um, you know, so this is really interwoven throughout, throughout everything that we are, me and my wife. This is why we moved back into the city. Right. We'll get into some of that. Yeah, no, that was good yeah. because I remember, uh, there's a clip out there, uh, of you talking about, um, uh, at one time you lived in Southfield mm-hmm. and you said for some people that was okay for them to, you know, drive out to their conveniences and their creature comforts and then come and, you know, pastor yeah. a church. Yeah. But that's not yeah. what God called you all yeah. to. Yeah. You said you wanted to be there and you wanted yeah. to shop at the same stores. Yeah. You wanted to, you wanted uh, your congregants or the people in your church to mm-hmm. see you playing with your children. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. then you mm-hmm. talked about that, how mm-hmm. uh, when you all moved back that, mm-hmm. you know, the backyard was packed mm-hmm. because, mm-hmm. Uh, you know, everybody was was uh, excited to be around you. Mm. And one of the things about it is that I love about you, my brother, is that while you carry the integrity of that word, uh, you said, I'm not going over here thumping people over the head with Bibles. Yeah. You said, no, they're very clear on what our values are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the first thing that I did was I was responsible to love them. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man. So so we throw some scripture in here. Yeah, let's that's go. All, that's yeah. always good, hey, right? That's good stuff. So there's a familiar passage that uh, we've heard a lot in the church if you've grown up in the church. Yeah. Um, and that's from Jeremiah 29. Yes, right? sir. We focus on Jeremiah 29, 11. You know, if I know the plans that I have for you. Yes. Right? Plans to prosper you. Plans to give you a future and, and, and the hope right in the end. So, right. So, and I love that. And we embrace that. But if we look at the context, we're talking the, about context. The context, let's go. So the context of that passage, man, is a difficult one. Okay. It is when the children of God, the children of Israel were in exile. Right? That's right. Because of some disobedience from their fathers. So they're now reaping the, the consequences of their, their father's actions. And some prophets, some false prophets come along and say, yo, this is not what God has for us. That's right. We are, we have a promised land. We're supposed to go back to that promised land. At the time, they're in Babylonia. Right. So they're like. And that sounds like a good word. Like, yeah, we we are God's chosen people. And this is not the place for us. Yes. Jeremiah comes along and says, yo, all right, that sounds great and dandy, right? Right. But be careful that your ears aren't already tuned to hear what these false prophets are telling you so much that you can't hear what God is saying. He said, this is what God is saying to you. Stay here. Build houses. Plant a garden. All right. He says, marry a woman 
and raise up godly kids and teach your kids how to serve me as well. Have your sons, get a wife, teach your wife what it means to be married. And he says to seek the peace of the city or the welfare of the city where I have sent you. Shalom. Shalom. Ah, shalom. Everybody say that with me. Shalom. shalom. Yeah, yes, man. Sir. It's a powerful word. Absolutely. And he says, when you seek the peace of the welfare of the place I've sent you, then and only then you'll have your personal shalom or welfare. Right. Then he says, for I know the plans that I have for you. Right. right. So it's not just this, this live your best life, quick fix. You know, idea of success that the world embraces. Many times the way of the gospel and the way of our God is a way that is counterintuitive. It is the way that is paved with with suffering, with difficulty, with hardship. And in that brokenness, God has a way of causing something beautiful to be born out of that. And um, I think that is the story of Jeremiah 29. I agree. And that is that was the conviction, man, that we felt from the Holy Spirit to move back into the city when it wasn't like the sexy thing to do. It yeah. wasn't the hot thing to do. Right. It was difficult. And we had some real questions. And you had to watch this. You had to build your home, raise godly children, Yo. teach them exactly everything that the story of Jeremiah talks about. And I had to get my wife on board. Let's oh, just be real. No, absolutely. So yeah. <laughs> Wife was like, okay, what about our boys? Yeah. What school are they going to go to? Can we afford to put them in private school? And all these kinds of things. Honorable things, right? right? So I don't want this to sound like judgmental to anyone who was asking these questions. I think those are faithful questions. But you got to discern the verse of the Lord. Right. So my wife, as, as the story goes, she's praying one day. And she says, God, what about our boys? The Lord says to her, what about the boys in the community, in the city that I'm calling you to, that don't have a mom praying for them? What about wow. them? What about that? And it began to like enlarge our heart, right? And it started with her because I had the green light. I needed her to get it. She got that green light from the Lord. Man, we found a home like in two weeks, bro. Hey, that's God. That's, that's find- the, watch this. Hold on. That's divine acceleration. <laughs> yes. <laughs> It was yeah. a quick work. Absolutely. And yeah. um, we moved in. And you, you, you've said the story, man. We move in. And um, like the first night, uh, we heard, I heard gunshots. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, Okay, I grew up on the east side, you know what I'm saying? So, you know, a little couple gunshots ain't no thing to me. Right. But I'll be honest, I got my kids with me. And I'm like, nah, this is this is not cool, guys. This is not a thing. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want my kids to have to grow up in this. Right. And um, I remember, man, going downstairs. I just tucked them in bed. I'm looking out the window like, yo, was that a gunshot? Was mm-hmm. that across the street? Like, what is going on? And um, the Lord began to to settle my heart in very sim- three very simple words. He said, I got you. Okay. Right? And I got you didn't mean that you're going to be safe, son. Right. What I got you meant was I got you right where I want you. Oh, wow. Trusting me. And following me. Have you preached that yet? Uh, <laughs> have you preached that I got you? As a message. Listen, watch this. Hold on. <laughs> This is this is chapter four of Alone with My Father. Hilarious. Chapter four. I got you. Okay. It doesn't mean. Amen. It doesn't mean I got you. Keep you. It means I got you. Come on. Right, right where I want you. I'm about to hire so, you, man. You, so watch this. You do any consulting? Hey, man. I do. Listen. Ebron and Associates. <laughs> right. is a, we consult, develop, and support personal, professional, no organizational You're good transformation. At it. Yeah. Let's. But here's the thing, though. I love that, though. Yeah. And if you could, just for a second, mm-hmm. I w- could you minister to somebody mm-hmm. who has followed. What they believe, mm-hmm. you know, and they feel like God, I've obeyed you. Yeah. And I hear gunshots outside my window. Yeah. yeah. And then God has echoed to them, because you you're the living testimony mm-hmm. of what God can do through obedience. Mm-hmm. 
And so now they're at that point where they hear those three words that you just echoed. Yeah. I got you. Minister to them for me. So I think I would have to start with, you know, if the person's heart is one that is at a place where they're ready to follow Jesus. Okay. I think that frames the conversation, that frames the call. Unfortunately, what the church has done, I think we've had a poor representation of what it means to follow Jesus. So following Jesus is not all like glitz and glam. Okay. It's not all mountaintops, right? And successful as the way the the world defines it, uh, successful experiences. My favorite definition of success is simply this, obedience. Okay, break it down for me. Did you do what God called you to do? Did you hear what Pastor Sonny said? Did you do what God called you to do? Like, could God call you to do something, right? And the results, according to man, are meager. Oh, wow. Was it not successful? Was it not successful? If God told you to do it, right? Yeah. We have examples of this throughout the scriptures. We won't give an in-depth Bible lesson now. But I think that's important for us to look at, especially when we experience hardship in our families, when we experience financial uh, breakdown, not breakthrough, okay. when we experience sickness, even death. Yes. So for the for the Christian to not have the total scope of the the will of God in view is damaging. It could be damaging to our emotional health. It could be damaging to our understanding of what God is doing. And what I mean by that is we don't just live for the here and the now. Absolutely. Like we have to have the whole counsel and the whole scope of what God is ultimately after in making all things new. And that's why that's such a big deal to us. Yeah. Right? It's something Jesus says out his mouth in Revelation 21.5. He says, I am making all things, all things new. new. So the, the ball is already in motion, right? Right. And that is not something we just experience totally in the sweet by and by. That's right. not just eternity, right? Yeah. We believe that eternal life, abundant life is having life with God now. now. But we also know that while we're on this side of eternity, we see through, we see limitly, right? Like Paul said, we see through a glass dimly. Dimly, We don't see the whole thing. So I think it's important, man, as we look at the brokenness, as we look at the fact that that there is failure, there's darkness all around us. Gross darkness. Gross darkness. And I think, bro, those are the kinds of things that attracts God. Those are the kind of things, like Paul said, it is in my weakness that your strength is made perfect. Perfect. My grace is sufficient for you. Absolutely. When we think about the life of Jesus, it was like the the in crowd, the ones who looked the part, they hated him. They couldn't stand him. They're the ones that eventually killed him, right? It was those who were the outcasts, those who did not fit the part, that, that he didn't like... He didn't, he wasn't soft on them necessarily, right? He didn't just pacify their wishes. He was honest with them. He loved them, and they couldn't get enough of him. Them. That's right. And I think that when we look at the church, when we look at our communities, man, like I just long to see a church that is full of broken people. And that has been like my story. Yeah. Like, you know, and I appreciate everything you said. There's a lot that I can look at in my life and point to the goodness of God, right? right. But there's also a lot of darkness, bro. A lot. If we all are honest, we all have that. Bro. And it's, it's that transparency of God <sighs> being able to make all things new and take those wounded and those broken areas mm. to make our ministry relevant and effective. It ain't pretty. No, it's not. Like, this ain't the stuff you're going to put on the billboard, no, right? Yeah, this stuff. This is not the stuff you're putting on IG. No, sir. No, it's no, not. No, sir. Uh-uh. It's not. Yeah. Man, I— This is that one-on-one <sighs> private ministry— 
when I can share. Yeah. Most people can't even handle your real testimony. Yeah, you right. <laughs> and re- watch this and yeah. remain judgment free. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so this is uh, this has been the story of my life in a sense, and then something I have to continually um, remind myself of, uh, so that I can see the continued work and the work of grace of God in my life. Um, so I was I was sexually uh, taken advantage of as a kid. And didn't totally know it, didn't fully like grasp the impact and the meaning of that yes, until I was 19, 20 years old. And even then it was like, hmm, wait a minute, that's not normal. That should not have happened. But I didn't really pursue uh, the impact of that, right? And the dysfunction of that and how it was impacting my view of myself, my view of my God, and my view of the relationship I was in. Yes, sir. So I was I was in a relationship with my now wife, and um, and I started to try to find ways to tell her a little bit, and she was she really didn't know what to do with that information, and as I didn't, and it man it, it wasn't until like a lot of dumb mistakes post getting married, right? I'm talking about like cheating on my wife. I'm talking about sexual addiction. Like I had to realize I was addicted to sex as a virgin, oh. as a virgin. Explain like it, it. it almost makes no sense. But there's yeah. this preoccupation, right, of, of with <coughs> sex, pleasure, and I don't want to, I don't know your audience. No, it's, hey, listen, we keep it totally a hundred because Amen. we have to understand that if we're going to minister mm-hmm. to real people. Mm-hmm. We have to talk about real issues. Yeah. And so the drawing board is about confronting those areas yeah. Yeah. and allowing God to help heal you yeah. so that those dysfunctions, as we talk about generationally, yeah. we don't pass those dysfunctions yeah. down. And what we confront and yeah. allow God to heal, yeah. he can make sure that's it, brother. That that's that doesn't it, pass that's it, from man. generation to generation. Yeah. We owe it to our children to mm-hmm. heal. Mm-hmm. We owe it to our children to mm-hmm. confront those broken and mm-hmm. wounded. And mm-hmm. watch this, hidden areas. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So what the enemy would love to do is to keep this part hidden, keep it under the cover, under the rug, right? Yes, sir. And um, we know that our God is a God that operates within light and exposing the enemy. And, um, yeah, man, it's been something that has been quite a journey. But um, I'm so grateful to God for his mercy. I'm so grateful for exposure. Right. Grateful for the conviction of the Holy Spirit uh, to cause these things that I really, really did try to tuck away. And and it's kind of, you know, the religious response is we like to justify our dysfunction. That's right. We like to justify, like, even the temptation, like, I'm a man of God. And, of course, you know, the more I heard a preacher say, the more anointed you are, you know, the more opportunities for temptation may come up. Okay. How about, like, live? where's living? Where's the call to live right? Right. right. Where's the call to understand that now uh, now unto him who was able to keep me from falling from falling. Yeah. Like and, and so there was this longing for, yes, I'm saved. Right. I understand positional sanctification. Right. I've been made righteous right. as Abraham uh, had justification. The righteousness accounted to him because of what he believed in, in Christ. I'm set. Right. But in my soul, I'm a mess. Mind, will, emotions. emotions. In the, seat, in the seat of our soul, yes. we must confront what has been pa- placed on our, watch this, placed on our plate mm-hmm. from our own experiences mm-hmm. and the un- unresolved issues yeah. that innately come up in our family. Bro. And the only thing that can do that is the word of God, right? right? The law of the Lord is perfect, able to convert the soul. Yes, sir. So as I begin to really face this, 
We're talking about now like emotional health. We're talking about dealing with the parts of my past and before I was born and my family's history, bro, that I just had no idea. Um, I won't get into the totality of the story now, but my mom was adopted. Yes, sir. And um, there were a lot we just didn't know about her biological family and the kind of things that, you know, that uh, she was even conceived in. Over the last year or so, some of those those things, and this is recent, some of those things began to kind of come up. And I'm just so grateful to God because when you understand areas that the enemy has had an entranceway in the past, now you can operate like with understanding, right? And you can know, like the enemy has no new tricks. Please hear that. Yeah. He's so tired and old. Scripture tells us not to be ignorant of his devices. Devices. So his methodia. Yes. His mess- yes. yes. Watch this. Hashtag no new tricks. That's it. All right. Yeah. So yeah. I love that. Yeah, man. So so as we become aware of that and the familiar spirits, right? Yeah, absolutely. Those entrance ways that in the past he's been able to get through, like we can operate with wisdom and authority. The authority that we see Jesus giving the disciples that he's given us as well. That's right. So this has been, man. Quite, uh, quite the journey for me. And I remember some years back as I was really in the heart of this and the Lord began to encourage me and just say, as painful as this process has been for me, as it's been on my marriage and my wife, that God was going to use this brokenness. Yeah. And he's going to cause something beautiful to come out of it. And I remember, I don't know if it was like two Sundays in when we started Detroit Church or three Sundays in. It was early on. And I didn't plan this. The Holy Spirit, man, had me share this part of our story. And, bro, like I had so many brothers come up to me afterwards in tears, grown men. Like, bro, I've been addicted to porn my whole life. This is this is what I need to hear. Can you help me? Right. And I'm sitting there trying to hold my tears back like, God, this is you answering prayer. So people, man, I found out this generation, they don't want to see some man of God that has all the answers, right? right? Who Who looks like unpenetratable by evil. That's right. And I'm not saying that we can just live any old kind of way, but they want someone that they can touch, someone that is relatable. For we know not in high priest who's not touched yes. with the feeling Come on. of our infirmities. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So, so he walked it yes. so that he can say, I understand. Yeah. I know. Yeah. And let me show you mm-hmm. a better way. This is the this is who we have in the mediator, the yes, God sir. man. That's it. Oh, wait a minute. Hold on. You brought it up. <laughs> I didn't bring it up. You, didn't, you brought it up. Uh, but... I want to take uh, what you mentioned because I was powerful. So the Bible says, for we overcome him by the blood of the lamb Mm -hmm. and by the word of our testimony. So uh, the world is calling it storytelling Mm -hmm, now. mm -hmm. Uh, The church calls it testifying. Mm -hmm, You know, mm -hmm. however it is that, watch this. So however it is you're able to share how God has ministered in our lives. Uh, But one thing that you say in the vision of your church before Mm -hmm. we talk about the God, man, Mm -hmm, because that's mm -hmm. where we're going. Mm -hmm. uh, I love the vision of Detroit Church Mm -hmm. because you said God. The ultimate artist mm-hmm. is at work mm-hmm. making all things new. Yeah. That's so for me, yeah. like when I hear about the broken areas, yeah. the hurting areas, yeah. like he's able to take that. Yeah. And I almost see him like a virtuoso with Come his on. brush strokes saying, I know that's broken, but uh-uh. 
is beautiful. Master craftsman. You know, master craftsman. Yes, sir. Able to take, uh, I, listen, I, I'm looking for some type of builder uh, example, and I'm, <laughs> yeah. I'm falling short, but yeah. a, like make, able to make the joints fit perfectly. Craftsman. You know, craftsman. Yeah. You know, uh, signature pieces mm-hmm. that, you know, if it's just cookie cutter and box cutter, mm-hmm. it's, it's just, oh, okay, we can make mm-hmm. a million of those. Mm-hmm. But a signature piece, mm-hmm. I mean, the marble, the, the marbleization of the wood, mm-hmm. how it's aged, mm-hmm. how it's crafted, mm-hmm. how it's Joining the on. type of bolts that are used to put it together, yeah. like that's who we are in yeah, Christ. Man. Yeah, bro. And so when I hear you say, "God, the ultimate artist is at work mm-hmm. making all things new," yeah. then you say, "Listen, this is why we exist. Mm-hmm. We exist to join Him in creating a city mm-hmm. where beauty emerges yeah. and everyone belongs." Yeah. Let me finish it. Yeah. And through His gospel, mm-hmm. the good news, mm-hmm. His word. Mm-hmm. Our broken and fragmented humanity becomes a work of art. Yeah. So I was thinking about this because I was I was pulverizing this. I was as I was driving. I said mm. when I talked to uh, Pastor Sonny today, um, and God told me this, and it was mm. like I saw like I saw it mm. in my vision. Like inside of Christ dwells all of humanity, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and if they realize that their broken pieces mm. still have a chance to be whole in Him. Mm. Mm-hmm. It would be so much easier to accept that all he wants to do is love you yeah. and to give you a better life yeah. through instruction, direction, yeah. providing discipline. Yeah. And first, sorry, and the main thing, showing you you belong in his family. Come on. That's it, man. So, yeah, man. Now, let's talk That's about the gospel. The, let's talk about the Theoanthropos. <laughs> let's talk about the God man. Fully God, fully man. At the same time. At the same 200%. time. 200%. 200%. Yeah, man. I mean, yeah. we're talking about humanity and divinity. Yeah. Dwelling inside of the same person. Yeah. The king of kings, the lord of, I mean, you know, I'm, I mean, I, when I talk about Christ, I mean, that's my, that's our elder brother. That's it. That's we're joint it. heirs with Jesus Christ. Yeah. He's made us to sit in heavenly places yeah. with Christ Jesus. Yeah. But watch this. He humbled himself. Yeah. Wrapped up in flesh. Yeah. Came down. hmm he was crucified. Mm-hmm. He was buried, mm-hmm. resurrected. Mm-hmm. Watch this. With us on his mind mm-hmm. to reconcile, watch this, the relationship mm-hmm. so that we now would not just be alone Come on. with our father. That's it. You just preached it. No, I'm saying. <laughs> no, but I'm saying like. That's it. Yeah. That's, so, yo, so, that's our story. Yeah. So, But I'm saying I, I love that because like God is able to make all things new. Yeah. And a lot of times people see that as applying to everybody else, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but they can't apply that mm-hmm. to like, do people say mm-hmm. if you really, and I hear people start this to kind of give the disclaimer. If you really knew my story mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. we hear like the colloquialism, mm-hmm. uh, you know, uh, uh, man, I'm trying to, it, it just escaped me, but essentially it was saying. Uh, you don't know my story, or you can't judge the glory by the story. Or you know they find the word. Only God mind. can judge. Only me. God, yeah. So, Tupac, right? All of these different things. You feel me? Yeah, 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 uh, yeah. But the baseline of it is, is I found, and I would want your take on it mm-hmm. when we talk about the God man. Mm-hmm. Is the more open that I live, the more mm-hmm. effective my effective my ministry is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean uh, that you just go out. And okay, hey, I'm getting ready to put all my business out there. You you told you said it. You said I was led of the mm-hmm. Holy Spirit yeah. to share this portion. And this mm-hmm. is how you know when it's God, mm-hmm. because the response of the people Yes, the fruit is there. Yeah, the fruit is there. Yeah. 
So yeah. yeah, man, talk to me about this God, man. Though, yeah, talk to man. Me about it. I mean, <laughs> so we just really wanted to. So we're, for those who may not know, we're doing a series right now on the, at the church called God, man, God, man, and um, just talking about the reality of our Savior, who is all God. He's all God, and he's all man at the same time. Did, did you design that? Yes, you got to say two hundred percent, two hundred percent, all God, all man. <laughs> right, all right, right. Yeah. That's it, man, and it's. Yeah. It is mind-boggling for our, you know, in our finite minds to understand that, but that we have a Savior, we have a God who incarnated himself, who entered the course of human history, who saw a problem, right, and didn't sit back and say, oh, well, didn't just, you know, to commit us to eternal judgment. He inserted himself. He's holy, right? But he's love. He doesn't just have love. He is love. love. And he came among us and lived among us. And the word became flesh. And he he subjected himself to the likeness of human flesh. And Philippians 2, uh, theologians call the kenosis of Christ. Christ, how he emptied himself. He thought it not robbery, right? To be Be equal equal with God. Yet and still. Yeah. What did he say? Go ahead. He, (laughs) (laughs) He was obedient. He was obedient. To the, to the death, death of the, the cross. cross. Despising the shame. Despising the shame. Yeah. So, like, what, this, and uh, we had a brother at our church who we invited in to kind of, we were talking about some race relations stuff. Okay. And uh, it really impacted me as we were talking about this passage dealing with privilege. Oh, wow. This is about privilege. Okay. Like, who, who was the glory of heaven? Jesus. Wow. The Jesus Christ, Christ. Right? Yeah. Yet and still he was willing to lay all of that down. So when I think about, like, my life, man, and the favor that God has given me, like, I'm always looking for ways to lay anything that God has given me down. And sometimes that, if I'm focused on my own self, my own reputation, it can be embarrassing, right? Mm -hmm. But I believe that God has called me to do that. And you said it. This this is the testimony. This is the story. And our stories, they aren't all, like, paved with beautiful flowers, right? It's, It's ugly. It's messy. And that is what we're seeing at our church in Detroit Church. Like, I don't know how much time we got left, but I really have to say, like, what makes what God is doing at this church so special? Um, we know it's the hand of God, but it's not because Sonny is anointed and is just a great leader. Okay. Not at all. Okay. Um, it's not because Sonny is a great preacher. God has sent people, bro, that love him, that have his heart, and are willing and brave enough to get messy. And to deal with some difficult things in our city. Like our city, um, we had a lot of dirty laundry. We do. Right? We just celebrated 50 years a couple years ago of the 67 riots. That's right. And the baggage from that still exists in so many ways in the relationships. And and we see it played out in, in law enforcement relationships. We see it in how the schools are still segregated today. We see it in the churches and, and how there's there's we, we kind of represent our churches and our denominations like gang signs, right? That's right. We see that played out. So the fact that we have... Six churches from around the metro Detroit area that came together to plan us is, I think, nothing less than a miracle. It's, it's, a, it's a miracle. So multi-ethnic, mm-hmm. multicultural. Um, uh, you have from all different denominations mm-hmm. uh, who decided. Watch this. Now I'm going to use your example of how what Christ did. Mm. So he saw a need. Yeah. Didn't sit back. Yeah. And just watch, but inserted himself. Yeah. Those, that is what you said. Yeah, man. Got involved. Yeah. And w- watch this. On your website, I was looking, mm. and when it comes to volunteer opportunities, you mm. said, here's the thing. 
are you a doer? <laughs> and so, like, mm-hmm. to the natural mm-hmm. eye, mm-hmm. I, you know, it could be like, oh, are you a doer? Are you mm-hmm. a volunteer who's actually going to work? Mm-hmm. So then, but for me, mm-hmm. when I read it is, don't be hearers only, but be a doer yeah. of the word. Yeah, so yeah. I was like, oh, man, this is, yeah. like, this is great. And, of course, you know, with your, your graphics, but when yeah. I— when I'm talking about seeing all of these churches come together yeah. for one common mission, yeah, and it's all about bringing God to the people, yeah, it's unheard of, man. Yeah, it is, brother. I just gotta, man. God is so good, bro. Um, so can I just give a little bit of the story? Hey, man, go for it. Okay, so um, I mentioned that my dad had installed me as pastor in 2009, right? So on the east side of Detroit, in a very difficult part of the neighborhood, and um, but I'm like, hey, this is where God has called us. So be it, right? Right. Um. It's what we affectionately call the hood hood. Yeah. Right? Um, there's a difference between the hood hood and the hood. So this is the hood hood. Yeah. And um, man, I remember like the Lord having us do a prayer walk one year. And we're walking the neighborhood and um, we need to encounter certain people. And just, you know, we didn't want to be like too in the heavens and praying. We don't encounter people. So we're talking to them. And I had a 25-year-old young man tell me one time, yo, Pastor Sonny, um, can you help me get an ID? So I'm like, okay, let me see what I can do. And uh, I left, got his information, and kept walking. I'm like, an ID? Right. This brother's 25 years old. This brother got kids. Like, he didn't ask for a job. He didn't even ask for a driver's license. An ID? An ID. Like, how, how broken is our system that this 25-year-old man didn't know how to get an ID? And the area we were in is a very secluded area on the east side over by uh, Connor and Harper, if any of your listeners know that area, right? It's like oh, yeah. almost this little island over there. I had in that same area another young man come to me and say, yo, Pastor Sonny, um, you're my ticket out the hood. I looked at him like, bro, I don't. I don't know what that means. Yeah, well, I, what does that mean? I, don't, I got nothing. I can't. I got nothing for you. Let's put some context around. Yeah, that. right. And I'm like, yo, I can preach a decent message, right? We can sing some songs and have a great time. But my heart really began to be heavy. Like we aren't prepared to reach him. Mm-hmm. We just are not. And um, and man, God used those that simple little narrative, those two simple stories, to begin to get our hearts ready to plant a church. Oh, wow. And and a new church, right? And a church. The vision was very simple: go to a center part of the city, right, where you could build an army, and then you could send soldiers back into the hurting areas of the city. Because to be frank, that was an area that people were not coming to. I had people tell me all the time, "Yo, I love your church, I love your music, I love your worship, your preaching, but I'm not coming over there." Wow, it's a it's an area people are trying to get away from, not come to. Yeah. So I just using some practical wisdom, and I felt like God was saying, "Okay, you gotta, I want to transition you, so you can start to see some things afresh and new." So all like I knew really was all things new. I didn't have a whole lot in terms of like the vision, the mission. I didn't know any of those six churches I mentioned. I didn't know how God was going to do that. Right. I called a friend of mine, Chris Brooks, who I consider to be my pastor, one of my dear brothers in the Lord. Yes, sir. And um, Chris, uh. He calls me after our meeting, calls me back. And because um, when we met, I just told, I told him the vision and what God was giving me up to that point. Right. And he said, man, I cannot shake, bro, what we talked about. And he invited me to come to his church, Evangel, at the time, right. to be a part of a church planner's residency. So me and my family, we went over to Evangel for a couple of years, and that was a beautiful time for us. While we're there, he gets a call from another man, another pastor in the area named Bob Shyrock. Okay. Bob was the pastor of Oak Point Church in Novi. Right. There was a huge campaign a few years back that the church was involved in called the EACH campaign. EACH is an acronym, stands for everyone a chance to hear, right? Yeah. So Bob was kind of the visionary of that. Okay. Well, Bob and the other executive leaders of that movement, they had begun praying about, like, what is the next step for us? And they said the Lord began to say um, they want to plant a church. So 
he calls Chris. Chris tells me, and I'm like, wow, that sounds incredible. But Chris says the only catch is they want to plant a church in Southfield. They didn't want to go to Detroit. Right. They felt Detroit was too territorial. Right. So I'm like, Detroit is territorial. Yep. But I know this is where God called us. So thanks, but no thanks. Right. And uh, so then they call me in to like their board meeting to cast a vision of why Detroit, why Midtown, because we started in Midtown. Right. And man, the rest is history, bro. Uh, there's six different churches. It started as five. Um, another one was added. But Oak Point Church was a quasi-Baptist church. Um, Ward Presbyterian Church in Northville. Okay. Um, they're Presbyterian. Uh, Kensington Church, a non-denominational church in Troy. Evangel Ministries, I like to call it charismatic with a seatbelt, right? Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> a Grace Church who was Baptist in 242 Church. And each of these churches, man, didn't just give us their blessing. They also were very generous, and they gave us $50,000 a piece to plan our church. And then they allowed me to come in their pulpit and preach. And then say, yo, if God is calling you to Detroit, please go. Like, that doesn't happen in our area, bro. That that doesn't happen across it, this nation, the world. And God gave you a vision. Yeah. Uh, and I'm tying it all the way back to, we can talk about from your father's experience yeah. of healing yeah. to Amen. you walking through your experience Amen. to you uh, processing through those different yeah. experiences in your life. Yeah. And then God sending you to pastor in an yeah. area that most people won't even come. Yeah. Then you got giving you a vision of all yeah. things new. Watch mm-hmm. it, giving you a vision of all things new mm-hmm. in an area that people don't even want to visit. Yeah. Then placing you around, yeah. you know, uh, Pastor Brooks mm-hmm. and like w- walking through some things mm-hmm. and having that residency there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then God taking that, sculpting that, shaping that. Yeah. And somebody seeing the vision that he gave you. Because yeah. if he if he gave the vision, that's going to sound real cliche. But if he gave the vision, mm-hmm. he will supply the provision. The provision. Come on. And so with that being said, yeah. uh, we are, you know, low on time. Mm-hmm. But I do. Uh, already? Actually, already. Man, we just. Hey, we, we, hey, listen, we haven't even really. You seriously. Know, yes. There's so much more we can talk about. And so uh, we're looking forward to Pastor Sonny's book mm. along with. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, along don't, with don't my make father. me write a book. Yeah, <laughs> along with my father. Mm. Um, and as we close out, Pastor Sonny, yeah. uh, where can they find you? So right now we're meeting at DEPSA. Uh, DEPSA is a Detroit Edison Public School Academy. We're there on Sundays at noon. Uh, but catch us on our website, DetroitChurch.com. Okay. And uh, yeah, we're a church, man. We've kind of moved around a little bit. So uh, I've heard a couple other pastors that went through something similar encourage me and say, our motto used to be, you know, you can join us if you can find us. Okay. And right. the Lord's just been reinforcing all that the church is not in the bricks in the building. It's not in your fancy, you know, building or edifice. Um, it's it's in the blood bought body that the son has purchased right absolutely so we've we've met in a lot of different places hey listen <laughs> wherever the word is going forth that's where you need to be Amen. and detroit church is currently meeting at depsa uh you have the address there yes sir the address is 1903 wilkins okay detroit michigan i think it's 07 right 48207 yep. all right yep. and you can follow pastor sunny sunny smith on instagram mm-hmm. and uh as we close out when god <laughs> Yes, Sunny no. Smith on Instagram. You're right. Yep, yep, yep. Okay. Thank you. Yeah, no problem. And uh, as we close out, when we talk about God making all things new, mm-hmm. I would invite you to go to the drawing board for him mm-hmm. to show you that Come vision. On. And so I always encourage everybody that's listening, your future is not behind you. It is not before you, but your future is within you. God bless you. I'm Andre Ebron here with Pastor Sonny Smith of Detroit Church. We love you and allow God to take your broken pieces and make all things new. Amen.